My name is Minu Kim, associate pastor here at St. Stephen's, and it is also my joy and honor to worship with you this morning. Today's scripture message uh, comes uh, to us from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, verses 25 to 33. Now large crowds were traveling with him, which is Jesus, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and est estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to wage war against another king, will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? If he cannot, then while the other is still far away, he sends us delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Pray with me for a moment. Almighty God, you have brought all of us here at this place, whether in person or online, to find rest. So as we listen to the word you have prepared for us, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. During one of my first sermons here at St. Stephen's, which was only uh, last year, I shared how much I love describing this Christian discipleship as a journey. Being a Christian, being a disciple, being a little Christ means being on this lifelong journey from point A to point B. We are on a journey we are on a journey from darkness to darkness to from old life to from captivities to from brokenness to you, you want me to dance here <laughs> from sinfulness to holiness from loneliness to community, communion, from damnation to salvation, and so on. Being on a journey in general uh, means we are constantly on the move. People on the move are called travelers, pilgrims, adventurers. And you would know well if you have at least traveled at least once in life. Being on a journey means throwing ourselves into the unknown, 
anticipating and embracing all the surprises of ups and downs. In some sense, being on a journey means leaving our comfort zone. And leaving our comfort zone is often uncomfortable and exhausting. When I was in my early 20s, just right after my uh, college graduation, uh, my, my parents planned a family vacation at Banff uh, National Park in Canada. And when they planned it for my sister and I, uh, their itinerary was influenced by three presuppositions. First, we didn't know when we would have a family trip like this next. Second, we didn't know whether we could or could visit Banff again in our lifetime. Third, everything there will be expensive and overpriced. So they thoughtfully planned this trip that started from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m., visiting all the popular sites, landmarks, and trails in the span of five days in the most frugal way possible. To me, each day felt like a boot camp. <laughs> it was harder than any other training camp I ever participated as an athlete. So guess what I did? I did what every child or adult child would do at that moment. Oh, I don't want to go. I want to go back home. I want to go home. I complained. I resisted, I grumbled, which of course angered my parents. In hindsight, how childish was I to complain when the breathtaking side of nature was all around me? But that's what we do, that's what we do as humans when we leave our comfort zone and travel into the unknown. We miss our home. We want to go back to our place of familiarity where we feel secure and certain, and we want to return to our good old days. Like the Israelites who traveled with Moses from Egypt to the Promised Land, they complained, grumbled, resisted, saying, oh, I want to go back to Egypt. Even if their comfort zone was a place of captivity, the Israelites wanted to go back because that place was also a place of familiarity that gave off the sense of security and certainty. This is what we humans often do. Similarly, our Christian discipleship is a journey because we are called to follow Jesus Christ from point A to point B, from the wilderness to the kingdom of God. The action verb following uh, reinforces this idea of us being people on the move. We are travelers, we are pilgrims, we are adventurers. We constantly thrust ourselves into the unknown. Why is that? Because following Jesus means the will of God who is following the will of God who is beyond our understandings. Because following Jesus means entering into the kingdom of God that is beyond our wildest imaginations. We are going into the unknown. In today's scripture from Luke, Jesus too was on his journey from Galilee to Jerusalem. And all the crowds and disciples who followed him to Jerusalem thought this was a parade to witness 
Jesus overthrowing its government to establish, to finally establish his kingdom. They were excited. But as we all know, Jesus' journey to Jerusalem was more of a funeral procession. He was on his way to suffer and die on the cross. So there was this great disconnect between what people were expecting from their journey and where Jesus was actually heading. What people anticipated was the journey towards security when Jesus was in fact leading them to the unknown. Maybe that's why Jesus said what he said in today's scripture to the crowds, which I paraphrase as, are you sure you want to do this? First, Jesus said in verse 26, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even life itself cannot be my disciple. Every scholar agrees that the word hate here is a hyperbole and should, not, should be understood in a comparative sense. To hate here is to love less, to value infinitely less, to turn away from or to detach ourselves from. So this verse is often understood as how we should put Jesus first before our family. But I believe this can be also understood as how we are expected to turn away from our comfort zone, which our family often is, whether healthy or toxic. To be Jesus' disciples means detaching ourselves from whatever holds us in our comfort zone, whether it is our loyalty to family, our patterns of life, or even our possessions, as Jesus noted later in, chapter, in verse 33. To be Jesus' disciples, in other words, means being able to launch ourselves to the unknown, wherever Jesus leads us to go. And Jesus continues in the very next verse. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Leaving our comfort zone equals carrying the cross, and following Jesus. This carrying the cross foreshadows Jesus carrying the cross on his way to crucifixion. This is not just a call to sacrifice, but a call to embrace a life full of unpredictable surprises. Who would ever thought that the cross, an instrument of legal punishment and torture, would become the very symbol of God's unconditional love. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that what comes after death on the cross is resurrection and eternal life? See, leaving our comfort zone is entering a life full of surprises, both exciting and challenging. Leaving our comfort zone is entering into a, an abundant life that God has prepared for us. Leaving our comfort zone is letting go of our absolute certainty and embracing the divine mystery of God's kingdom. Walking this journey from point A to point B is what it means to be Jesus' disciples. And finally, Jesus offers two parables to the crowds in today's scripture. One is about a builder how he should only begin his building project with understanding what it takes to build the whole tower. And the other is about a king, 
how he should only wage war against another kingdom after considering what it takes to attain a victory. Whether you are a laborer or a royalty, one does not simply commit to a long-term project without considering the cost, without considering the challenges, and without considering the final outcome. And this applies to all of us as well. We should know what we are getting ourselves into before committing this lifelong journey called discipleship. Starting today, I began, we, we have begun our confirmation baptism class with nine students. And at the end of May, I am going to ask them the same question Jesus asked his crowds. Are you sure you want to do this? These nine young students, whether they were baptized as infants or not, have walked their journey so far under their parents' wings and under our congregation's care. But now through this four-month class, we are giving them an opportunity to make the decision for themselves. And they would, I hope, consider the cost, the challenges, and the final outcome of this very journey. The cost is not their Sunday mornings. The cost is not their attendance at our church events. The cost is not their future tidings. This is not a commitment to a country club or a self-help group or a subscription service, but this is a commitment to a journey as a lifestyle. The cost is their promise to leave their comfort zone daily in order to follow their God's given, God-given calling, passion, mission, and commitment, or as Jesus put it, deny yourselves daily and follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. What are the challenges? In a world that idolizes certainty and security that comes with family, possessions, and our wealth, this journey into divine mystery is not only countercultural, but also subversive. This lifestyle not only creates tension with our own desires and life choices, but also with the status quo and evil forces out there. This is what we are facing against. Whatever internal and external forces that cling to us to hold us in our comfort zone, these are our challenges. And the final outcome is the kingdom of God. This discipleship is a journey full of surprises, again, both exciting and challenging. And what we are professing is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is with us every step of the way through the power of the Holy Spirit. And also we are committing ourselves to share this good news with one another as church and walk this journey together as a community, inviting, equipping, and serving and loving one another as Jesus preached and exemplified. Not only the destination of this communal journey is the kingdom of God in heaven, but this very caravan of travelers who travel together become the kingdom of God here on earth. In the gospel, when the first disciples decided to follow Jesus upon invitation, 
they had no idea what would come next. They had no idea, no idea that they would later start a church without Jesus. And they had no idea their church would consist of people, both Gentiles and Jews. But they continued to pivot out of their comfort zone and followed where the Spirit led them to go. And like these first disciples, I want to say, so did we. Think about the time when you made this decision for yourself as a student or as a grown-up to be baptized or to be confirmed. Like the first disciples, we had no idea what our discipleship would really look like. Hasn't it been a wild adventure, full of surprises, both exciting and challenging? Hasn't it shattered all the expectations and imaginations of what it means to be a Christian when you first had, those expectations and imaginations that you first had? Even reflecting upon the past three years, our life circumstances and our society have changed dramatically, yet we pivoted, we improvised, and we evolved, we persisted. The patterns of our prayer, worship, and service all have changed and evolved. And even despite our frequent complaints, grumblings, and resistance, even despite our, oh, I want to go back, we continue to find ways to follow Christ, ultimately witnessing the grandeur of God's amazing grace that is all around us. Again, discipleship is not a commitment to a set program, and it is not a commitment to a set culture. Those things come and go. But the discipleship is a commitment to a fluid journey. This thing I call a journey, the Apostle Paul calls it a race. It is written in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings us so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. We have been walking this journey. We have been running this race thanks to a great cloud of witnesses who came before us. Whether they're our families, our friends, our neighbors, our saints. And I want to encourage you this morning. I want to ask you and I want to plead with you to continue to run this race with perseverance so that we, too, may serve as a great cloud of witnesses for the next generation, including our nine confirmants who start preparing their, for their journey today. Let us pray together. Almighty God, we are tired, exhausted, and sometimes we feel like we can't catch up to this race. 
Sometimes we feel like we've been walking this journey too long and just want a break. We would rather want to go back home, go back to a place where we feel secure and safe, go back to a place where we feel like we are in control, where everything is predictable. But this morning, you are reminding us again that you have called us to this awesome journey, that you have called us to follow your son, Jesus Christ, to a place that you have prepared for us, to a place that is beyond our understanding and our imaginations. So this morning, we ask you to again free us for joyful obedience to follow your son, to encourage us and to nourish us and to refuel us so that we may walk this journey with perseverance with one another as one family, as one church, and as one body. We pray all these things in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen.